it simple, keep it small. And there will be enough for all. Take a little, give a lot. Thank Mother Earth and Father Sky for what you've got. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Green Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Reggie Weber. This is the place where we get informed, be educated, and learn to live a greener, healthier life to heal Mother Earth and healing ourselves. As Green Women, we are concerned with healthy living, women's issues, self-care practices, nature healing, the environment and climate change, sacred social activism, and much more. So today, I'm going to do an interview with one of our green women, Sundar. And not only is she one of our green women, she also goes by Earth Mama. She has two young girls, and I give her so much credit for what she is teaching our new young generation of women coming up. So Sundar, I welcome you to the show. And... What do you have to say about being a green woman? Well, Reggie, thank you so much for having me here. It's really an honor. Um, you know, it's really interesting, this term green woman or green. Um, when Helene first invited me to this leadership circle, of course, I was over the top enthusiastic. Yes, all the way. It came at a time in my life when I... Um, was yearning for some direction into something new. And yet the term green, I, I won't for, I'll never forget our first meeting when we sat in the living room of the Allison house and we all went around in a circle and said, what is a green woman? And I kept thinking, that's just being a person. What is this green thing? And, and I mean, you know, I'm not, I knew what the idea was, but um, I feel so fortunate about, um, the way that I was really raised in really in relationship to the earth and to nature that I don't think about like being green as something separate. It just feels like who I am, what my values are. Um, and so I think it was actually a, like a humbling learning curve for me to realize that it's actually really, really important to define it. And that when we can define what our shared values and our shared characteristics are, then we can build community. Right. But in the beginning, it was funny. I was like, I probably being, you know, judgmental or something. Um, but I was kind of in that, like, what is this green, green, green thing? And then it took me quite a while, I think, I think to warm up to that. And I think the thing that I've realized also in like this whole, how do we raise kids in an earth centered, um, whole person centered all the values that you say at the beginning when you're beautiful intro um you know this whole thing about being an earth mama i think it took me a little while to feel comfortable like claiming that because again i just felt like but this is just like how we should all be and um and 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 helene has been very She's like the sweet little um, person who comes around and waters my flower of ideas and gives me a little, you know, boost of plant vitamins when I need it to say, no, it's okay. I can, 
I can be bold about what I believe in and what I'm passionate about. And maybe that means I have to give it some labels, but that's how I can communicate. And that's how I can, you know, build community. So it's been, I've actually had like a lot of time thinking about this term, <laughs> green woman and green mother. Well, I think that we, it's easy to pick up the term green because for our climate change and, you know, trying to do recycling and, you know, we think of the earth and we think of nature and of course the trees and save the trees, everything is green. And so it's a term we've just picked up rather than um, we could say earth women, but we all live on earth. So, you know, we are earth women. Um, nature is all part of that. I think it's just kind of a term too, that that's where we're at right now. But I love what yeah, you said. I think it's great, actually. I mean, I think part of what I've learned is like, how do you, how do you catalyze these values that we share, those of us in this circle, let's say, right? right? We were all brought into this circle for, for a yearning to learn certain things and a certain basis of shared values. And so how do we um, amplify those values into the world? And actually, I think a part of what I've learned is that you, it is helpful to assign labels or something that's, that's easy to kind of, that has some catchiness or something or that's easily accessible. Right, I totally agree with you. And I love what you said is about bringing us all together to learn all these different value systems, really. And mm -hmm. it's really true, because we, we do talk like what I said in the beginning, it's, it's a lot of different things, you know, healthy living, we include nature into that, living in harmony with nature, with the seasons is even a big thing. Every season we change if you're really truly living in um, harmony with uh, nature, if the cycles of the earth, we actually go through cycles too. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I think for me as a parent of young children and as a person who's really passionate about young children or children, anyway, because I'm a parent of young children, that's my experience thus far. Um, <clears throat> For me, having a connection to nature, having a really solid sense of place that was based in nature mm -hmm. pretty much saved me as a child. And so that I could have a sanctuary to go to no matter what was happening within the walls of my home or, you know, whatever, the, the playground at school or the school bus. It was a place I could always go to have sanctuary. And it taught me a lot. Um, I did spend a lot of time alone in nature as a child. And my parents also had a big value on being in nature for like, we went, would go camping mm -hmm. instead of going to a hotel or whatever. Um, and I know that a lot of kids don't get that experience these days. Um, I've spent a fair, I've spent enough time living in inner cities to know that there's a huge segment of our population of all ages <laughs> that has a very little connection to the earth beneath their feet and the seasons that are mm -hmm. going around them, even if it's a mild season change, you know? Um, and I, I think that all of us can, I think that there's no way that having a connection to nature is not going to bring you to a place of peace. I don't know. I've never experienced it any other way. 
I think it is amazing what you just said about as when you were a child and having that sanctuary in nature that you could go to when things weren't working right or you were troubled or you just needed to escape or get away because I too had the mm-hmm. exact same thing. We, mm-hmm. we did camping when I was really little and then that stopped and um, probably it stopped when I was about 10 and because we were living across the street from a lake <laughs> with a beach and a park. And so when things got very troubling at home, I would hop on my bike and ride across the, there was a park on the other side of the lake and I would sit on this knoll and put my back up at the great, this great big oak tree. And mm-hmm. oh my God, I would talk to the stars or the sky or the universe or God or whatever you want to call it. And right. yeah, and just either cry my eyes out, but sitting on that ground with that having that connection, and I'm sure you can understand that. And that tree holding my back up was like that tree had my back. It did have your back. Yes. You know, and I um, one of the things that I have realized, and I think I took for granted, you know, I really took, I took for granted how steeped in nature I was and how comfortable I felt in it. I knew that not everybody was like, you know, right. so chill having bugs in their house and stuff, but I see so many children today that, that they would not choose the oak tree as their sanctuary because they might have to sit on something or a bug might crawl by or they're not sure what would happen. So it wouldn't be relaxing for them. And I, I, I had such a deeply fulfilling experience and I continue to from my friendship with nature that I want every child to have that, you know? So I feel like, um, whatever I can do to like, I don't even need to cultivate a love, you know, how about let's start with a, an okayness Mm -hmm. when children are outside at school or waiting for the bus someday, because someday we will do that again. Um, and then the earthworm is there or they open their closet and a moth flies out, you know, (laughs) they don't have to scream and jump on a chair. Like it's okay. You know? Um, because I also think that, that having that sense of place in a more spiritual realm, regardless of your religious belief, belief, I also think that having this sense of place in the interconnected web, correct, existence, also brings a sense of peace, and that that is qualified by knowing that I'm in relationship to that moth, I'm in relationship to that spider doesn't mean I have to be okay with them being in my house. We can draw boundaries. Correct. And, you know, when I'm outside and, and in, here in the Pacific Northwest, sometimes <laughs> we have to walk like we're swimming. We all look a little crazy because there's so many spider webs around. And sure, it can be a little inconvenient, but the spider's doing its spider thing. Correct. You know, I'm doing my human thing. Right. Just to even start with an acknowledgement of that, to me, it kind of brings this, this quality of cultivating presence. Like, can we, can we cultivate as we grow or perhaps try to not lose it? Because I think we all have it when we're kids is this quality of presence so that we're not just like reacting as an emergency to everything that lands in our sphere, including 
earthworms and moths and spiders and bees and whatever, you know? Right. It's like you can take, if that spider is crawling up your door jam, you can, you can just take a piece of paper and scoot the spider outside and say, well, you don't belong in here. Or sometimes I find a moth too, it flies out and I catch it and I throw it outside and I go, you'd be better out here. And it's, exactly. it's that connection that we have. And we are all interconnected on this earth and to earth and all its living creatures. I think that's wonderful. Can you just explain to me briefly um, what you do with your kids? I mean, how do you, so we, you can let your, our audience know, what are some things that you do? I know you've been doing little short videos on our Green Women um, uh, network um, amongst us, uh, but could you share some of those things that you do with them to get them connected? I've seen like you down on the ocean front or. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, because I did grow up with that just as like a totally normal thing. But then in the early years of having my kids, we were in the inner city, we were in lots of different places mm -hmm. and, and my kids were not growing up in that way. So I think the number one thing I do is to tell them to take a deep breath and just relax. My kids are those kids who see a spider and are jumping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, children, I love you so much. Let's take a deep breath. Think about how the spider feels. Who's bigger, you or the spider? Whose life is more threatened? You know, how do you think the spider might be feeling right now? Um, so, so honestly, those are the conversations that I have with my kids. Like, like every other conversation with you have with your kids, you have it all the time. Just the same conversation over and over and over again. The other thing I do is I really try to cultivate curiosity. So the first time I took my kids to the beach and we um, were exploring different tide pool animals that like squirt water at you and have all these different pictures, <laughs> there was lots of screaming and running away going on. And there was lots of like, I don't think I like this and this smells weird. And, and then just to say, well, let's just, let's just be a little curious. And also like, I don't expect, okay, I have learned to not expect my kids to have the, my same level of passion for nature the first time we go someplace. Yep, and that's important. So, so important because I take them someplace with all this enthusiasm, right? Like the first time I took them like to the rainforest and we were gonna go huckleberry picking, I just had these enormous expectations because I wanted to share like all my happy kid memories with my kid in like two day camping trip. No problem there, right? <laughs> Like they did have a great time. And I also had this, thank goodness, kind of uh, realistic, what I, what's that word? How to get to, get to something realistic um, of being like, okay, the goal here actually is to start a lifelong journey. Correct. And that means they have to have their own journey. So they might, you know, when my kids were li really little, they ran right into the woods. My youngest went to an outdoor preschool. Now she's six and she screams when she sees a spider. So, you know, I keep reminding myself that like all things, kids, there's an ebb and flow. This is a long haul process. You know, I try to push my envelope that when it's not my favorite weather outside, come on, let's go outside. You know, let's, 
we're, we're feeling bound up in the house. Let's go for a leaf hunt. What can we do? Can we find some good smelling flowers? You know, just something simple. Yeah, I think it's that exposure that we need to start when they're young. And you're right. You're definitely right. As parents, we all know that our kids have their own path, whatever yeah. that is. But it, it, at least we know that we're giving them exposure to nature. And that is the most important part, because like you said earlier, there are so many kids that don't get even hardly any exposure to it, except running in and out of the house, in and out of the car, you know, maybe going for a walk. Um, and that's about it. I wanted to, you had mentioned to me one time, a little saying that you like, and I think you've kind of answered it, but you had said that, um, finding your church in nature. Mm, and mm -hmm. um, I, I would love to um, kind of start wrapping up with this, but uh, finding your church in nature. Can you explain that a little bit? Because I love the saying. Well, I mean, I think that goes back to what I was saying before. I think for me, it did really start as a child and finding that sanctuary, companionship, um, right. exploration. Yeah, in nature when I didn't really have it with people. Um, and I think that for me, that did start this lifelong relationship. I had a, a tree in college that I called my God tree. And it was just this big tree yep. um, in the middle of the quad. There was like nothing really extraordinary about it. I always went to that tree when I had like a big question. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Should I do this? Should I do that? And it was like you and your oak tree. Mm -hmm. Just and you know, obviously the tree was not talking to me, but it was bearing witness, right? Right, like um, well, and there's an energy that they give off also that we pick up, whether we realize it or not. Yes, and isn't that what we do with whatever our higher power is, or in our spiritual community? It's true. We bear witness to one another. We try really hard to love each other without judgment. We try hard to to trust that, that the God of our understanding loves us without judgment. Mm -hmm. That's also what I practice in nature. That the, when I go to that tree to ask guidance or whatever, right? right. Just for that witnessing, that the tree is going to witness me without judgment. I think that's so, so, yes. I think that's great. And, you know, teaching your kids that, I think we all need to have that rather than, um, you know, getting angry or mad or having rage. I think it's because we can't find something. We don't find it and to help relax us. And, and you're right. You and I are both people who started out that way. We did go to nature, sit by a, you know, even a, a lake or a stream or just sit there. And silence is, is wonderful. And we need to have that even as children. And you're showing your children that. So you had told me earlier that I always close with either a poem or a little saying. And you said that you had something. So I'm going to let you close the show. And then I will say um, my little thing after you get done. Okay. Well, Reggie, thank you so much. What an honor. I just really, really appreciate what you're doing and using your voice um, for to be a megaphone. Well, so I really grateful for that. Thank you. You it was great. I love in uh, being with you.
The reading that I chose today is from one of my favorite kids books. I kind of think it's actually a grown-up book, but it's for kids of all ages, we'll say. <laughs> it's called Old Turtle, and it's by What's Douglas it called? Wood. It's called Old Turtle. Old Turtle, okay. So this is a passage that comes from close to the end of the book. The voice seemed to come from the mountain who rumbled. Sometimes I see God swimming in the dark blue depths of the sea. And from the ocean who sighed. She is often among the snow-capped peaks reflecting the sun. From the stone who said, I sometimes feel her breath as she blows by. And from the breeze who whispered, I feel his still presence as I dance among the rocks. And the star said, God is very close. And the island said, her love touches everything. And after a long, lonesome and scary time, the people listened and began to hear and to see God in one another. Oh, that is so touching and so great for definitely the time that we were in now. Thank you for that, Sundar. And thank you for being a guest on, my, on the Green Women podcast. My absolute honor and pleasure. So until next time, everyone, I'd like you to be informed definitely stay healthy live green and in harmony with mother earth keep it simple keep it small and there will be enough for all take a little give a lot thank mother earth and father sky for what you've got